It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking with an all-new Sports Stove podcast. We continue our Major League Baseball preview with the AL and NL Centrals, all kinds of NFL news, and some college basketball goodbyes as well. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com, use promo code BELLYUP, get 15% off your purchase. And Dad, I haven't had a chance to tell you this yet, but we got a brand new sponsor uh, coming into the program probably next week. So we'll we'll introduce a new sponsor next week as well. So okay. I'm Ben Stover. I'm joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Boy, busy, busy time in sports right now. I would say I would say I agree with you. Uh, NFL draft continues to roll on. With that comes the uh, free agency and other things going on in the NFL world. Of course, franchise tags, franchise tags, um, signings, releases, all kinds of stuff going on in the NFL right now, and a possible quarterback change in the Big Apple. So we'll continue to keep an eye on those things as well as continue our Major League Baseball coverage as we are previewing through the uh, Major League Baseball divisions. Before we get to that, Dad, it was announced today that Jim Boheim is retiring the Syracuse basketball head coach, well-known for his zone press defense and uh, and other things as well. He's stepping away from the game. He's uh, He's pretty old. I don't know how – I didn't see how old he was, but I know he's up there in age as well. But a, uh, another one of those, you know, major basketball coaches stepping away, just like we saw Roy Williams do uh, not that long ago as well. So any thoughts on Jim Boheim? Yeah, he definitely would be a little older. I mean, I I think of him when I think of Dean Smith and those guys, um, you know, uh, contemporaries with them. So, yeah, Jim Boeheim has been around quite a while. Of course, Syracuse has um, been a factor ever since, you know, again, I think I guess the big East, you got John Thompson and Lou Carnesecca and Bayheim, but to me, they were all in there about the same time. So, you know, Jim Bayheim has been there longer now, but, um, you know, back when the big East was really quite, um, 
quite the power, um, but Syracuse has been good. He's had some great players and um, some really good teams. Yes, he has, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do without him. All right? I mean, we have that guy that long in one place. Uh, you bring in the replacement who's already on the staff, uh, but uh, how will they do is is kind of the question moving forward. They haven't been great as of late anyhow, so maybe that makes that transition easier. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it does or not. So, uh, anyways, let's talk some NFL stuff before we get to our Major League Baseball previews. Um, start with Derek Carr. He signs with the Saints. He spent a lot of time with the Saints before the Raiders released him. That was kind of the the feeling that I got was he was doing those interviews not to actually get traded, but to kind of get an idea of where he wanted to go. I think the Jets was a spot he was interested in. They clearly wanted to wait for Aaron Rodgers. So he goes ahead and signs with the Saints. And as it sits right now, he's the best quarterback in the division and the Saints probably the best team in the division, although there's potential that maybe Lamar Jackson could join the division. As it sits right now, though, Derek Carr is in a pretty good spot on a pretty good team. Uh, do you like that signing for the Saints? Yes. You know, I think it's great for the Saints, and I think it'll be good for Carr. Um, like you said, I think the co- I think the coaching is probably the only question there. But um, like I said, they're probably the best team in the division right now, and they do have talent. And, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good landing spot for him, and it's a good pickup for the Saints to, you know, stabilize their quarterback situation for several years, hopefully. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. I like him as a player. I think he's a good person as well. And uh, we'll see if he can uh, find a good spot there in New Orleans and maybe get some stability there. He's got some decent players if everybody sticks around and stays out of prison. Uh, so we'll yeah. see how that how that shakes out uh, there. Seattle re-signs Geno Smith, a three-year deal. He obviously earned it uh, from the way that he played last year. I still don't think he's the starting quarterback for three years in Seattle. Uh, but they got him locked up, and my guess is he'll he'll either start this season or he'll immediately move to the backup role, depending on who they draft. But, uh, I mean, good for Geno, right? I mean, this is a guy who we saw came into New York as a highly touted prospect and never really got things going for the Jets. And all of a sudden, as a 30, what, 32-year-old, 33-year-old, I forget how old he is, he comes to Seattle and he he does what needs to get done and really – played really well for Seattle this year. So uh, do you think that's the right move for Seattle? Um, yes, because I think they can. that gives them the flexibility of drafting someone this year. Uh, and this is a good year for quarterbacks. And then they have some time to develop um, there. You know, Gino knows the system. And I, I think they can be stable again for another, you know, for another year. And um, yeah, they were pretty surprising last year. So we'll see how they do now. But um, yeah, it probably wasn't a bad move for Seattle as far as giving them flexibility with, um, you know, with this draft of looking for a, a, a future quarterback. Yeah. And the quarterback class gets better next year. So they don't have to rush to draft a quarterback this year. They can actually wait and try to get one next year or even the year after. There's going to be some guys coming up in the next several years. I mean, you think about it, by the time that Geno's contract is done, the next Manning will be in the league. So, I mean, there's there's potential here for them to say, hey, we don't need to draft a quarterback this year. I think we'll talk about this more as we get to NFL draft stuff uh, in future episodes. But Anthony Richardson, everybody's got this lofty thing that he can be something in this league. 
Well, going to Seattle and sitting behind Geno Smith wouldn't be a bad thing for him. Will Levis, kind of the same thing, but I don't think Will Levis is the number five overall pick or the number wherever Seattle ends up at uh, either. But at the end of the day, I think Geno's the quarterback in Seattle next year. I don't think they draft a quarterback at least in the first round this year. Um, and they might even wait till next year to go out and get, get themselves somebody or even two years from now as well. The New York Giants, they locked up Daniel Jones on a pretty big deal. He's going to make $40 million a year. He was asking for 45, so they compromised it down to 40. Um, they also tagged Saquon Barkley, so they keep those two guys in-house for next season, building off their momentum. I still am not sold on Daniel Jones as a franchise quarterback, but he clearly got better last year. I think he gives the Giants a chance this year. I think he's as good as any quarterback that would be around for the Giants to draft. So at the end of the day, I think it's good. And I think them tagging Saquon Barkley is a very good idea as well. So I like what the Giants did with these two guys. How about you? Yes, I I mean, I'm a little surprised, I guess, on Daniel Jones that they, you know, gave him the deal there they did. Because like you said, I don't know that he is the franchise quarterback, but he did fit in well this year. Again, their division may become a pretty strong division, and that may be an issue. But I, I agree with you. I think they have a really good coach, so I think they're headed in the right direction. I think keeping Barkley uh, was definitely a good thing there. Um, and we'll see. Daniel Jones may be the guy there for several years, but I don't know that that's a I don't know that for sure that that's a given. Um, but we'll see because things things can change pretty quick when a <laughs> when the record starts going south, but we'll see. Yeah, that's true. Uh, franchise tags, not a ton of surprises. Tony Pollard tagged in Dallas, Josh Jacobs in Vegas, Evan Ingram in Jacksonville, Deron Payne in Washington. None of those were big surprises. Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't call it a surprise either, I suppose. They've been unable to lock him up long-term. He is uh, serving as his own agent. Uh, he wants what Deshaun Watson got, and Baltimore's not willing to give it to him. So he gets tagged at 32, I think 32 and a half this year. But other teams now can come out and make an offer. And granted, the Ravens can match any offer that's made. And if they don't, they get two first-round picks. So let's start with the Ravens side of it. Do you think this was the right move for the Ravens? Uh, or do you think that they should have worked harder to get a long-term deal set up? Uh, I think this is probably a good deal for them because, like I said, they still have options where they can keep him. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because if if he holds to the thing about wanting a Deshaun Watson deal, it's going to be interesting to see if any teams would do that. Um, as far as setting a precedent, Cleveland, you know, really made a mistake in that one. And um, the question, you know, if, if another one more team follows suit on a thing like that, then the door is really wide open and it's going to be hard to go back. So I don't know if, um, you know, GMs are going to look at this and just be very careful about that situation um, or not. And, um, you know, will Lamar Jackson go to another team and, you know, without a Deshaun Watson deal, but yet, you know, a very lucrative deal. Um, it'll be, it's kind of an interesting situation, maybe a problem situation there in Baltimore. Um, again, when Lamar, Lamar Jackson's healthy, he's one of the best quarterbacks, but he's not been able to do what they needed to do in the playoffs. And then he's had injuries. So, um, 
you know, he may be losing some leverage too. I, I be interesting to see how that one ends up, but it's probably not surprising that they did tag him um, from there. Yeah. I mean, they could have tagged them at 40 something million uh, as an exclusive tender. They chose to go non-exclusive, which allows him to communicate with other teams. Atlanta Falcons have been a team that's been mentioned. The Carolina Panthers have been a neat team that's been mentioned as well. Um, the Vegas Raiders have been a team that's been mentioned. So for Lamar Jackson right now, you said it, you know, would he take it less than what he's been asking from Baltimore to go somewhere else? I think so, especially with all the stuff we've heard about this training staff in Baltimore being the worst training staff in the league, getting an F grade by the players um, and have not heard of them firing people yet and making changes there. I wouldn't be surprised if he could get 200 million guaranteed. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Where he does he go? I mean, you talk about the Vegas Raiders. You add Lamar Jackson to that offense. That's that's a completely different team. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, you put them on Atlanta. You know, Kyle Pitts is down there. They've got um, the Drake Jackson as well. Or Drake is it Jackson now? Oh, I feel like I'm messing it up. But uh, the young receiver down there as well. And then you've got uh, Carolina. They don't have as much to offer. Uh, it's an interesting play. I think Atlanta and Vegas make the most sense outside of Baltimore. Baltimore makes sense only if uh, they can work some other things out. And, Dad, Baltimore does not have a backup. I mean, they've got a quarterback in Ty Tyler Huntley, but uh, that's not your guy for the future either. So, I mean, at this point, I don't know which way they go. Vegas makes sense because they don't have a quarterback as well. So, I'm not sure. Do you think Lamar Jackson plays for Baltimore this season? Um, I, I, I don't know. I think Atlanta makes a lot of sense of teams that I've been hearing there. And, um, I, there may be too much damage done for him to be, um, you know, to stay in Baltimore. So I don't know, but like you said, Baltimore will need to get, um, a quarterback, but again, there may be some moving around going on here in the near future, but um, I, I I don't know that Lamar's, I think he might be done in Baltimore. I don't know. I agree with you. I think, I think it'd be a long shot um, for him to stay in Baltimore. Uh, if he goes to Atlanta, that, that makes another interesting thing. What does, what do they do with Desmond Ritter? They're not going to, they don't need him. Uh, he's not the quarterback of the future. If they're going to sign Lamar Jackson to a massive deal. Uh, so do they trade him? Can they trade him? What can they get out of him even uh, is kind of the question probably right now. So that's another interesting story that will come as well. We're starting to see cap casualties, people getting cut, uh, a few bigger names, nothing super major as of yet uh, with that. But then, of course, the Aaron Rodgers story, and we need to do this quickly so we can get to our baseball coverage. But um, the Aaron Rodgers story is very simple. Jets have flown people out to meet with them, which means – not only has Green Bay given them permission to do so, more than likely, Green Bay already has uh, the parameters of a trade in place, uh, so they have an idea of what they would be getting in return for Aaron Rodgers, um, which I think is at least one first-round pick uh, and one starting-level caliber player. Um, maybe it would be multiple picks. I'm not sure what they'll end up getting out of them right now you would think for uh three-time or four-time mvp a super bowl champion and one of the best quarterbacks to play the game you would think talent wise that is you would think that they could get multiple picks and players out of them but at this point in stage who knows anything 
And the answer is nobody knows anything. Uh, any thoughts on Rodgers, the Jets rumors, uh, and how this is playing out? Um, I I think it's interesting, the thing with the Jets, again, you just keep hearing different stuff. So, you know, today I heard, well, it was, you know, they didn't, they didn't know him well. So this was just a deal to, you know, make a pitch and get to know him and all that. But no, I, I, I think, and like I said, I, I don't, you know, the Packers, you know, their GM and the whole organization, they kind of know what to do in this. And so I think, I, I think they, um, like I said, have something for them to give permission for the Jets to make this kind of move at him. I think they, they know they're going to be able to get, um, get, you know, what they would want. And they, they, it should really benefit the Packers. If, if Rogers moves on, then they, you know, at this at this stage, anybody's going to get him is going to, and the Jets, you know, are going to have the idea that boy, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender in the next year or so. So I, I think you know the price would, should be fairly high, and the Jets have a lot of other things in place. So I think they could give up uh, some draft picks, and again, I think they would have some players that um, you know might could fit the bill. Um, I. I've, I've just kept up a little bit, but like you said, a lot of people being released to me, there's a lot of really good veterans being released. Now, if you're going to be able to get those, I don't know, but I know there's some defensive players or some positions uh, that the Packers and I'm sure a lot of teams need. So that will be interesting, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, you know, again, it, you know, it's it's not a simple thing. You you know, it's, you, you just kind of heard well. He's gonna they're gonna go visit him, and you think, boy, maybe the next day they'll get this done. But um, I you know I don't know. You know, again, everything you hear is just speculation. You know, I heard today that well, retirement. You know, that's still on the board. You know, well then why why is he doing this if that's if that's the situation? You know, but he he hasn't come out and said, well, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna play. Again, I think in the next couple of days, he's got to come out and make some kind of statement, but maybe he won't until the trade happens and, yeah. you know, it's he, it's a done deal. It's just, he doesn't it, have to tell the public anything. He's already, the Green Bay already knows what he's doing. Um, and I think it's very clear that he's not going to be in Green Bay next year. And so, in my opinion, that's the answer you need to know. He's not going to be in Green Bay next year. Um, and, I would say 90% sure he's playing on another team next year. He's not retiring. Um, I won't say 100% sure just because he's Aaron Rodgers and the dude's a psycho. So he could change his mind in a heartbeat. But I think Green Bay's done with him. I think it's over. I think they've had that conversation. <laughs> I think the reason they gave permission for the New York stuff to happen. Uh, so he doesn't have to announce anything to us as long as the team knows because the team's the one that has to figure out what's next. Yes, I, I, and you, you would assume that the team knows. Um, but again, I mean, you know, the way information leaks out, you know, I, I, I don't know that for sure. But again, you would like to think they've had, um, you know, had discussions and there's at least mutual uh, agreement with this. Because again, I mean, I, I, no matter if he leaves and goes to another team, at some point there'll be things said that won't be good. But hopefully it won't be just a, a real ugly situation at the, you know, from there, and it's a matter of where they have to get rid of him um, from there. But I, I think everyone knows that Green Bay is ready to get a look at Jordan Love. 
yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a lot prettier than the Brett Favre situation. Um, I think they've all come to that conclusion. And I think Green Bay is perfectly fine with moving on. I think Rodgers realizes, hey, there's other people that want me more than Green Bay does. And so it makes sense for him to go somewhere where he's wanted. Um, I still would not be surprised if he ends up in Vegas. But um, the Jets seem to be the front runner. Nathaniel Hackett's there. Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. Robert Salah's the head coach. And he's really, really good friends with LaFleur. So he, they've had conversations. They know what they're getting from that standpoint. So at the end of the day, Dad, we I think the we have the answer. He's not going to be in Green Bay next year. Um, and the question is, is, which team does he play for? And really, there's only two options, and that's Las Vegas and New York. And New York's the only team we've been hearing about. Um, so that seems to make the most sense. What can they offer him? Elijah Moore? A receiver and a pick, maybe. A uh, defensive player and a pick, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. We just see what the, what they end up getting for him. That'll be the biggest story now is what's the compensation for Aaron Rodgers, not whether or not Aaron Rodgers is leaving town. Um, that seems to be for sure that that's what he is doing. We'll continue to cover this as we get more information on it uh, throughout uh, the next week or two as well. But we're in full fledged NFL draft mode as we move forward. Now the combine done. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks as the draft approaches as well. But Dan, we are doing our major league baseball uh, preview episodes. We're covering the major league baseball central divisions, but today's episode is presented by righteous felon jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. Righteous felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. Again, RighteousFelon.com, promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. All right, Dad, let's get into it. Major League Baseball. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to the season. World Baseball Classic getting moving as well. Lots of things happening. Um Different, different small news things happening, but we're looking at the central divisions tonight. We're starting with the AL Central, and that brings us to Chicago and the Chicago White Sox. A huge disappointment last year. Um, we, I at least, had them pick to win the division last year, and they fell short of that 81 and 81. They ended 500, they fired their manager. So, new life in Chicago, and not only new life, they got some familiar faces in town as well. Tim Anderson, the stalwart, their former first-round draft pick. Uh, Luis Robert uh, comes in at outfield. Andrew Benintendi comes over. He's a lefty. Eloy Jimenez is healthy, supposedly. He's back. Yoan uh, Mancata at third base. Andrew Vaughn, a youngster at first base. Yasmani Grandal, the old guy in the lineup. Gavin Sheets, another lefty. And then Elvis Andrus. Uh, as well comes over as a free agent and signs. So Andrus and Grandal, both 34. Everybody else is under 30 in this lineup, Dad. Uh, be interested to see kind of how it all shakes out at the end of the day. Uh, on their rotation, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolato, uh, excuse me, Mike Clevenger, who av- avoided a hey, suspension, Michael Kopech there as well. That's a pretty solid five, if you ask me. There are some question marks 
in the bullpen, but they've got veteran like Joe Kelly there uh, and some other guys, Kendall Graveman uh, and Aaron Boomer uh, as well in there as possible closers this year. Dad, I look at this White Sox team, and if you've listened to my fantasy baseball show on Sundays, then you know I'm, I like this team. I think the White Sox are going to be really, really good this year. I'm kind of all in on this outfield of Luis uh, Robert and Eloy Jimenez. Uh, they got the young guy, Andrew Vaughn, at first base. Uh, ben Attendee's not great, uh, but you could get worse <laughs> than him. And Gavin Sheets eventually is going to put it together. So, And then, like I said, I really like that rotation, too. So I like this White Sox team this year, and I think they could be the real deal in this division, maybe not in the AL as a whole, like be competitive for championship, but they should be able to compete for this division. Yes, I, I think it'll be improved. Obviously, last year, the manager situation just made it rough, and it just got worse as the season went on. And uh, like I said, you look at the lineup, they've got a pretty good lineup. Um, again, I, I you know, the top of this division may be pretty tough. So, um, we, you know, we'll, we'll see where they're at there. But, um, I mean, I like the White Sox. I'd be, I'd be great with them doing well. Um, again, most of the baseball I've looked at at this point have been a lot with the fantasy baseball because we're coming up here on our draft and everything. So, you know, they, they have a lot of good players. They have some players I've had in the past and some, you know, I hope to maybe have again. And um, so I, I think the White Sox, you know, should, should be a very competitive team. Yeah, they, Liam Hendricks, uh, he came over as well in January 21. He was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so we're going to have to kind of wait and see how that all shakes out and whether or not he can be an impact player for this team as well. Again, they had 81 wins last year. The win total is set at 84 and a half. I think they'll go over that, Dad. I think they'll be closer to 88 games uh, personally. So I'm going to go over 84 and a half for the White Sox. Uh, what about you? Yes, I would go over that. I think they'll do a little better than that. So uh, maybe right around that, but like I said, 86, 88, somewhere in there, I think they'll they'll be over. Their main competition in the division is the Cleveland Guardians. They had 92 wins last year and really pulled it out towards the end of the season. It was a pretty tight race through most of the season, but they finally pulled ahead late in the season. Uh, youngster and uh, dynamic fantasy baseball player last year, Stephen Kwan, uh, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in Major League Baseball. Josh Bell comes over. Uh, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, who's the second baseman and expecting big things out of him. Oscar Gonzalez, Mike Zunino at, at catcher, and Miles Straw uh, from uh, was in Houston before uh, there as well. Their pitching staff, Dad, is a really solid pitching staff. Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Contrill, Aaron Savali and Zach Plezak all returning from last season. And they got one of the best closers in the league and Emmanuel Classe. Um, they're not missing anybody injury wise this year at the moment. So, you know, if they can stay healthy, they should be able to be right there at the top again. But they need a couple of these young guys to take that next step uh, or else they'll go backwards. Uh, how do you how do you feel about this Cleveland team? 
Yeah, I, I think they'll keep going forward. Like you said, they've got a really good rotation. I think their pitching staff is really good and with the closer, and I think that'll make the difference. But they do have some young players, and I think some of these guys um, could and should really come on. You know, the Guardians surprised me a little bit last year, um, but this year I, I think they should be the top team in the division and um, should be a very good team. All of their bullpen is under 30. Um, uh, all of their pitching staff is under 30. <laughs> so they're, they got younger guys as a whole and they're all the same guys from last year, I believe. Yeah. I think they're all the same guys from last year. Um, no new guys in the rotation or the bullpen. Uh, they've added two new bats in Josh Bell and Mike Zunino. Uh, they also got Cam Gallagher, uh, another catcher they brought in from Baltimore as well. Um, that'll be coming off the bench. So um, you're basically just talking about, can they repeat from last year? Again, 92 wins is what they had last year. The number is 87 and a half for them. I'm going to go over, but I think that's pretty close. I think, you know, I, I don't, wouldn't be surprised if they lose a few games, um, you know, off of what they did last year, but not a whole lot of games. So I'll still stay over 87 and a half with Cleveland. What about you? Yes, I, I would go over that. I think they could get maybe to, to 90 up in there. So um, I think Cleveland's going to be really good. So I would go over 87 and a half. All righty. That brings us to one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, last year, 66 wins and a major disappointment. You talk about guys underachieving. Uh, you talk about the guys that sit on the Detroit uh, lineup. Riley Green came in last year uh, as a young rookie and looked decent. And uh, he's center fielder, lefty, uh, 22 years old. They got Nick Mattoon, uh, Matten, excuse me, Javier Baez. And, and Baez is a massive disappointment. He's a big free agent signing. He did nothing. Um, Austin Meadows, again, really didn't produce as much as you'd like in his move to Detroit. Jonathan Scoop, Kerry uh, Carpenter, Spencer Torkelson has been the ultimate bust. The former first round draft pick, but he's only 23 and there's still time for him. Akil Badu and Jake Rogers there as well in the lineup. Eric Haas off the bench. They got older guys coming off the bench for the most part. Their rotation, Dad, they've added two new guys, but this is not a rotation that scares too many people. Eduardo Rodriguez returns. Matthew Boyd comes over from Seattle. Michael Lorenzen comes in from Los Angeles. Lorenzen actually had a good year last year for Los Angeles. Uh, Matt Manning and Spencer Turnbull, the other guys in the rotation. Uh, and they've added three guys to their bullpen, but none of them are anybody you've really ever heard of. Uh, then Casey Mize is coming off a of Tommy John surgery. Not sure when he will play. Tariq Skubal, uh, another guy coming off of a tendon surgery. That was in August, so he should be getting there but, Dad, this Detroit team, not only were they disappointing last year, they're probably going to be disappointing this year. Yeah, it doesn't look like they made any moves to, um, you know, make make a major change there. Um, so I think Detroit, I think Detroit's in for another, you know, tough year. Uh, it's interesting. I'm trying to think back how many years ago it was when they were a real factor. And then, of course, they, oh, blew, yeah. things, they blew things up and then, it's, they've never recovered, and it doesn't look like they're recovering this year. Yeah, it was only three or four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long. Verlander, and I mean, there there was they were the real deal. Yeah, let's talk briefly though about uh, Spencer Torkelson. He's a first baseman drafted in 2020, number one overall pick. 
Uh, big things planned for him. He comes up, fantasy baseball players were all excited about this guy, and he's really just done nothing. <laughs> and uh, do you think that he has a chance to break through this year, or do you think he just kind of maintains what he's been doing? I would think he'll probably maintain what he's been doing. Obviously, a guy that young can, you know, make a move. But um, I, I don't know that there's any reason to think necessarily he's going to. 69 and a half is their win total, Dad. Do you think they improve a couple games this year? Or do you think they go under 69 and a half? Um, I'll go under 69 and a half with them. That's an easy under in my book. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Let's move on to Kansas City, who announced, by the way, uh, today, this is, what is today? Um, this is Wednesday. They announced yesterday, Tuesday, that Lorenzo Kane retiring as a Royal uh, this year. So congratulations to him. Uh, let's look at their lineup, Dad. They've got names that you know, names that if you play fantasy baseball, you know, but they're not a great team. Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez, Salvador Perez, Vinny Pasqu Pasquantino, Hunter Dozier, Kyle Isbell, uh, Edward Oliviera, Michael Massey, and Nate Eaton is their projected lineup uh, to come into this season. Again, they got some guys on there. Bobby Witt, again, if you play fantasy baseball, you know Bobby Witt. MJ Melendez, he's going to be drafted pretty high in fantasy baseball this year. Vinny Pasquantino is supposed to be really good. But once you get past those four guys in the lineup, it gets a little sketchy. And then you look at the bullpen, or excuse me, the, the rotation. They bring back Zach Grinke. Uh, at 39 years old, Jordan Lyles at 32 years old, Brady Singer, uh, he's the young gun uh, out here at 26. Ryan Yarborough comes over from Tampa, and Brad Keller returns as well. Scott Barlow, the projected closer. Uh, they got a mixed match of guys in the bullpen, including Eroldis Chapman coming over from the Yankees. But, Dad, I look at this team, this pitching staff of Grinky, Lyles, Singer, Yarborough, and Keller. Could they be okay? Sure. Are they going to be okay? I would not bet on it. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this Royals team? I think the Royals could um, could go up just a little bit. Again, they do have some good players. Uh, last year, I think maybe they surprised um, a little bit. But again, there's some. I don't think they're up where the top teams in their division are. Ooh. But um, I think the Royals maybe could surprise in just a little bit. And um, I'm looking for them to make a little bit of a move up just because of some of the talent they have. Yeah, they've got to find a way to improve that pitching. Um, but again, they got some bats in this team. They were the worst team in the division last year, 65 wins. Uh, they are projected to be at 68 and a half. So that's three and a half games improvement. I'll go over. Um, I think the Royals could be hurt by the new schedule rules where they play less division games. I think that could hurt the Royals this year, uh, but needless to say, I'll still go over 68 and a half. I think they, they could get the 70 this year. Um, what about you? Yeah, I'll agree. I think they'll go over, but again, probably around 70, 71, somewhere in there might be. If they do that, um, you know, if they got up to the mid seventies, it'd be a great improvement, but I think they, I think they can go over 68 and a half. Cleveland's the projected division winner with the White Sox hot on their tail. Minnesota, not far from them. Uh, Minnesota comes into this year following a 78-win season. They were in the hunt there to very close to the end of the season. Um, they lose a couple guys, nobody too major. Their lineup is an interesting one. Byron Buxton. 
in my opinion, an undraftable fantasy baseball player because the guy's never playing, but yet, Dad, you drafted him before. Uh, several people always do draft him. He won't be on my fantasy team. But anyways, Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa after a wild offseason for him. Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, Jose Miranda, Joey Gallo. Why in the world would you sign him? Alex Karloff, Christian Vasquez, and Nick Gordon, the projected uh, starters. Michael A. Taylor does come over from Kansas City, which is a good pickup. He'll come off the bench. He'll be the guy that plays when Byron Buxton uh, eventually gets injured like he always does. Uh, they do add an important piece to the pitching rotation. Pablo Lopez from Miami comes over. They also have Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Tyler Malley, and Kenta Ma Maeda, which is a formidable pitching staff. Uh, Jorge Lopez, your closer. Uh, Yo Honduran will have a chance as well uh, with that. They've got a an above average to higher average, whatever you want to call it, bullpen as well. Um, no major injuries. Chris Paddock uh, did have Tommy John surgery uh, last year, so he eventually should be able to come in. They get him from San Diego um, and possibly give them something at some point in the season as well. Yeah, this Minnesota team is a team that has all the potential in the world. I'm just not sure they're ever going to match up to that potential. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a good reason to think so, but I've got to, as I looked around, I think this is one team that I, I, I feel good about. I think they could achieve. I think they do have potential. And some reason, I, I, I think the Twins will be a little bit of a surprise this year. And um, I think I think they'll do, I think they'll do well. Again, they've got some, you know, they got some good pitchers they brought in and um, we'll, we'll just see how that goes. And Buxton will play the whole year and, you know, steal two bases every game. And you, you wish you'd got him from me, but I'll take that bet. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at Buxton, he's never played more than I think 110 games in a season. Carlos Correa, he got signed and dropped by two teams because of injury concerns. You know, is that going to be a this year thing? Is that going to be a two year thing? I don't know. Polanco's good at second base. Uh, Kepler, eh, okay, whatever. Miranda and eh, Joey Gallo, that's the worst free agent signing you could possibly have. He's a, he's just not good. Um, Alex Karoloff has potential still. Christian Vasquez at 32 is an okay catcher. Nick Gordon, whatever. I mean, I don't know, Dad. This team just scares me. I, I do like their pitching staff. And if you have a good pitching staff, good things can happen because of that. Um, so that's going to get them some wins there. But again, I just, this team, I don't know. Last year, they won 78. Their projected win total uh, is 82 and a half. That's a four to five game improvement from last year. Man, I just don't know. Again, I think this division is hurt by the new scheduling. I think I'm going to go under 82 and a half for Minnesota. I think that's their range, though. I think they're 80 wins somewhere like that. I just don't see them blowing up and being able to compete at the top of this division uh, this year. Uh, 82 and a half wins for Minnesota. Which way do you go? Yeah, I'll go over because, again, I, I've got a feeling Minnesota's going to be a, a, a surprise. So I, I'll go over 82 and a half. All right. Uh, we will see, I suppose. When you look at the AL Central, Dad, I kind of look at it as Cleveland, Chicago, Minnesota, Kansas City, and then Detroit. Um, very similar to last year. I just got the Tigers and the Royals flopped. 
Uh, which way do you go? How do you see that that division breaking down? Yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll disagree a little bit. I'm going to go with Cleveland, then Minnesota, then Chicago, and I think it'll be very close, and then Kansas City and Detroit. But I think Minnesota um, will at least finish second. Kevin Wilson agrees with you over on the Twins. Uh, and as I always like to remind you, Dad, and Kevin too, you're allowed to be wrong. Uh, so there you go. We'll see see how that one shakes shakes out. And, of course, Kevin uh, is with me on the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Catch it every Sunday, 8 p.m. live on the Sports Stove YouTube page, Belly Up Fantasy Facebook page, and you can always catch it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts later on after the show on Sunday. Let's move to the NL Central, and we're going to start with the Chicago Cubs. And, Dad, when you look at the offseason, I love what Chicago did in the offseason. A lot of good things that came. I don't like that they lost their catcher, Wilson Contreras, but I did like some of the guys they brought in. Let's look at this lineup for Chicago. Nico Horner, Dansby Swanson coming over from Atlanta, Ian Hopp, Trey Mancini coming from, uh, well, technically Houston. I was with Baltimore earlier in the season. Cody Bellinger comes over from the Dodgers. Eric Hosmer comes over from Boston. Patrick Wisdom, uh, a guy that a lot of people believe in at third base. Tucker Barnhart, uh, the former Cincinnati and Detroit catcher, is in there as well. Christopher Morel, uh, a really good player, is there at right field. They got Jan Gomes, uh, Edwin Rios, Zach McKinstry, and Nelson Velasquez as their bench guys. Where they did not improve at is the pitching staff. Marcus Strowman, overrated. Jamison Tyon. Uh, Justin Steele, Drew Smiley, and Adrian Sampson. Those guys aren't scaring anybody. They don't have a great bullpen either. Michael Fulmer, he does come over from Minnesota. That's a good get. Brad Boxberger comes over from Milwaukee. He's a good seventh inning pitcher. Um, you know, they got some, some guys that are okay there, but I hate their rotation. I like what they did with the offense, Dad. I'm all for giving Cody Bellinger another opportunity in a different uniform. I think good things are coming from him this year. I love the Trey Mancini signing as well. Dansby Swanson, he's not a great offensive player, but he's a really good person to have on your team. Horner's getting better as well. So I think the Cubs got better this offseason. What about you? Well, I, I I think the Cubs tried to make a lot of the right moves. And they, you know, I think it's important for a team to make moves and, and they did. And I think there's potential there. The thing is, you know, a lot of the guys they got are older, and a lot of the guys they got are coming off not good years. So you're you're looking at well, they're gonna turn things around when they're with the Cubs. And you pointed out that the pitching staff is not necessarily improved. So that may not help. I do think the Cubs made, you know, made some moves um, to try to improve, and maybe they will be improved. But um, I don't know that I'm convinced. And like you said, they didn't make any big moves with the pitching. Yeah, I mean, you talk about guys being older. They've been around the league a while, but Dansby Swanson's 29. Bellinger's 27, Mancini's 31. I mean, they're not like massively old uh, or anything like that. I, and like I said, what do you think about Cody Bellinger? Is it worth, worth a shot for Chicago to bring in Cody Bellinger? Yes, I think it's worth a shot for to bring in him and Mancini, but I don't know that there's a guarantee that, you know, they're going to have, you know, banner years this year. So you just don't know. 
Um, I, I think, you know, I'd be all for Bellinger doing well again, but, um, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm convinced of, of, of some of those guys. Yeah. I mean, as a Brewers fan, I hope the Brewers or the Cubs fail miserably, but, but I like what they did. I think they made some good moves to get better quickly compared to where they were last year. Um, last year they ended the season with 74 wins, which was 12 back from second place in the division. It was also 12 ahead of fourth place in the division, um, which was actually last place in the division as well. The Cubs this year, they're set at 77 and a half. I feel like they're way better than three games where they were last year. Um, the pitching staff is everything. Can it hold up? That's the question. I think they get back to 80 wins. So I'm going to go over 77 and a half for Chicago. Um, yes, I'll go over, but uh, I don't know that they'll get to 80. I don't know that there'll be much over that. Um, I, I'm just not convinced that those moves are going to pay off, uh, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, we talked about Detroit earlier being a bad team. Let's talk about Cincinnati. They're a bad team, and we know for sure that's the case. Last year, 62 wins tied for last in the division with the Pirates and really bad in the uh, a, uh, Major League Baseball as a whole. They've got some interesting young guys on this team, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how that shakes out. Their offensive projected offensive lineup, according to Fangraphs, Jake Fraley and right field, Jonathan India, who I think is going to have a huge resurgence at second base. Joey Votto is still around at DH. Tyler Stevenson, a really good player at catcher. Will Myers uh, from San Diego comes in to play first base. TJ Fradle, who a lot of people like, uh, is at left field. Spencer Steer, Kevin Newman, and Nick Senzel, uh, who is a former first-round draft pick that has yet to kind of break through here for the Cubs. Uh, then that's when you get to the interesting thing is their, their pitching rotation. Their top two pitchers, tons of potential. Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. Um, I like Nadolo. I don't love Hunter Green. They don't think he's a bad player necessarily, but don't love him. They also got Graham Ashcraft, Luke Weaver, and Luis Cesa. I don't like either of those, any of those three guys. And their bullpen is, uh, for lack of a better term, utter trash. So when you look at the Cincinnati Reds team, you got two really good pitchers, and you've got some potential in the offensive lineup. To me, it's just spelling another really, really bad season for Cincinnati. Yes, I, I'm, I'm afraid that's the case, you know, for Cincinnati. Um, I don't pick up. I'm in the area here where there's lots of Reds fans, and you just don't hear any talk. You know, I don't think there's any optimism here. Um, they got rid of some really good players last year. That was really tough on the fans. And I don't see that they've made replacements at this point. Now, maybe they have some young guys coming up in the minors and some guys will come up this year and there will be some hope in the future. But uh, I don't have a lot of high hopes for the Reds at this point. Yeah, it's going to get. It's going to stay ugly for a little while longer in Cincinnati. Again, 62 wins last year. 64 and a half is the number given to them this year. I might squeeze in the under at 64 and a half. I don't know, Dad. This is a tough one. Uh, I guess I'll go under 64 and a half on Cincinnati. What about you? Yeah, I'll go under on that too. I, I think that things are going to um, 
you know, if things don't start well, then then it'll be a problem. So I think uh, I'll go under on that. Yeah, I mean, 64 and a half is a low number, but it's a low team. Uh, speaking of World Series champs, well, not yet, but by the end of this season, the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, next team up here in the NL Central. They lost some pieces this year as well, and they really blew it after the trade deadline. They, they traded Josh Hader. And the team just went downhill from there. The end of the year with 86 wins. Uh, their lineup consists of Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez. They traded for William Contreras uh, from Atlanta, which I think is a great pickup. Jesse Winker comes over. Uh, he played at Seattle last year, better known for his time in Cincinnati. Luis Urias, uh, Garrett Mitchell, a young stud at center field. Brian Anderson projected right fielder that that's going to be we'll see how that one ends up uh and then bryce terang the top guy in the system for milwaukee coming up to play second base shortstop uh but will come up and play second base for the brewers uh they also got mike brasso keston hira and tyler naquin as well pitching staff is something they've got a, a, a pretty solid staff corbin burns maybe the best pitcher in the league Brandon Woodruff, a top pitcher as well. Eric Lauer did did well last year, kind of overachieved last year. Freddie Peralta had a lot of injury issues last year. If he's healthy, he's good. If he's not healthy, that's a problem. And they bring back Made Wade Miley. Uh, don't love that. 36 years old uh, right now, projected to be the fifth starter. But their bullpen, Devin Williams is the closer. Matt Bush, who they brought in from Texas as the setup man. Ah, there may not be a better two guys to get you through the, the end of the inning uh, in baseball right now, they move Adrian Hauser to the uh, bullpen, which should help them with some long relief things as well. Uh, I mean, I'm a Brewers fan, so I'm I'm going to be optimistic about this team. But I look at this team, Dad, and I think this team has a shot. I think St. Louis is the front runners, but I think Milwaukee has a shot to make a run at it this year. Well, I, yeah, again, I know you're a Brewers fan, and 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 I, I like the Brewers. I don't have a problem with that, but I. I don't know that they are massively improved from last year. Last year felt like, you know, they probably should have, um, you know, by far won, you know, the division and everything there. And um, I, 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 they do have some good players. And like I said, some young guys that may come on there and overachieve. I don't think they'll be a bad team at all. I think they'll be in the hunt, no doubt about it. But um, I, I, I don't know that they're massively improved or the favorite in the division. I tried to tell people last year, St. Louis was a force to be reckoned with. And everybody's like, no, Milwaukee's the better team. Milwaukee's the better team. And I was like, yeah, but look at St. Louis. They're a really good team. They made some positive trades at, at the, you know, at the deadline as well and got even better. Um, I think it's fair to say that St. Louis is the favorite in the conference, but I don't think Milwaukee had to get a lot better. I think Milwaukee just had to get their minds right after the hater trade. So I, to me, that's where they improve. Bringing in Contreras is a better better offensive catcher than what they had. If Winker can find any of his Cincinnati magic, and the Seattle ballpark's not an easy one to play in. Milwaukee is a much easier ballpark to play in. That could help. And then again, Bryce Terrain coming up, who's supposed to be a really, really good young player too. I think there's potential for this team to improve from last year. Last year, like I said, they had 86 wins. Their projected win total is at 85 and a half. I'm going to go over that one. I'm not saying they win the division just yet because uh, St. Louis is really good still, 
but I think they win more than 85 games. Yeah, I'll go over that. Like I said, they had 86 last year. I think they'll be a little bit improved, so I'll go over 85 and a half. All right, let's see here. That takes us to Pittsburgh. They're not going to challenge for the division this year. Pittsburgh last year, 62 wins. Uh, let's see what they got going on this year. O'Neill Cruz, who I'm pretty high on this year, shortstop, uh, young guy, of course. I, I think he makes some strides forward this year. Brian Reynolds at left field. Andrew McCutcheon at right field. Carlos Santana at DH. G-Man Choi comes over from Tampa, an absolutely fun guy to watch at first base. Cabrian Hayes at third base. Jack Suwinski and center field. Rodolfo Castro at second base. Austin Hedges at catcher. Uh, they bring in Joe Connor from Colorado. Off the, he'll be coming off the bench. Uh, their rotation, Mitch Keller. Nope, doesn't scare me. Uh, Ronzi Contreras. Nope, doesn't scare me. Rich Hill, uh, 43 years old. Nope, doesn't scare me. JT Brubaker. Uh, you know, okay, I can respect him. And Vince Velasquez from, uh, excuse me, from Chicago is where he came from. Ultimately, uh, he's he's not bad as well. David Bednar uh, on as the closer. He's a good closer. They got an okay bullpen, but Dad, this team they're just they're not going to be competitive this year. Needless to say, they might be better than sixty two wins, but they're not going to compete for the division. No, I would agree. They're not going to compete for the division, but they've got some young guys, and and I. I think maybe they could be, um, they you know, there could be a little little bit of ray of hope in Pittsburgh this year. We'll see. Well, that might be stronger language than I'm willing to give them. Uh, their win total is set at 67 and a half. I go under 67 and a half. What about you? Uh, I'll go over 67 and a half. I think they're going to wow. surprise a little bit, so I'll go over yeah, well, you weren't lying about your ray of hope then, if that's the case. Um, yeah, that would that would surprise me, no doubt about that. That brings us to our last team uh, that'll probably end up being the first team. They were last year with 93 wins, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, this team is, well, they didn't get worse, let's put it that way, uh, here in the offseason. They didn't get a ton better, but I think they did get a little better. Tommy Edmond returns. Tyler O'Neill returns. Paul Goldschmidt returns. Nolan Arenado returns. They bring in Wilson Contreras from Chicago. That's a really, really good pickup for St. Louis. Of course, Yadier Molina retiring last year. Dylan Carlson, uh, Lars Nudbar, uh, Juan Yep Yepes. Uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. And Brendan Donovan uh, round out the offense for uh, St. Louis. Of course, Paul DeJong's been around for a little bit. Uh, he's there coming off the bench more than likely this year. Their rotation. The one thing that I think this could get them is this rotation, Dad. 41-year-old Adam Wainwright. 35-year-old or 34-year-old Miles Mikolas. Uh, 30-year-old Jordan Montgomery. 27-year-old uh, Jack Flaherty. And Stephen Matz comes in at 31. He'll be 32 by season's start. The bullpen is not horrible, it's also not great. Ryan Helsley uh, supposedly will be the closer. Um, they got some okay guys there, but nothing great there too. So I love the Wilson Contreras ad. Um, man, I don't know about their pitching staff, Dad. That's probably the part that's the scariest for St. Louis fans. Coming off a really good season last year with 93 wins, I'm not sure they can get back to 93 this year. What do you think? 
Um, again, I think St. Louis probably going into the season is the favorite in the division. So we'll see. There, you know, the Cardinals always seem to find a way to do well. They do have some talent. You're right. Uh, it is an older pitching staff. Um, so you know, maybe it won't hold up, or maybe it's a veteran pitching staff, and it'll be what they need. But we'll uh, we'll we'll see as time goes on. But I, I think the Cardinals. Um, can win the division. Yeah, I think they can as well. And I really think it's a two-man race. I think it's Cardinals and Brewers. I think the Cubs improved, but they're not quite there yet uh, to get back to the top of the division. So I think it just comes down to Cardinals and Brewers. And um, I don't think they get the 93 wins. Their win total set at 89 and a half. And I'm going to go under 89 and a half. I don't think it's a lot under. I think they're in that 86, 87, 88 range, but I think it's under 89 and a half. Um, what about you? I'll go over again. I don't know that they'll get to where they were last year, but um, I'll go just slightly over. How do you have the uh, NL Central breaking down? Um, I St. Louis uh, and then Milwaukee. And, um, again, it be a surprise, but I'm going to go with the Pirates and Ooh. then the Cubs and then Cincinnati. I'm just not sure, not convinced on the Cubs, and I think the Pirates could be a little bit of a surprise. Now, if that happens, then the Cubs are going to be a disappointment, no doubt about that, because I don't think Pirates are going to win a lot of games. But um, just for the fun of it, um, so we'll look back on it at the end of the year, but I'll go with St. Louis, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Chicago and Cincinnati. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Milwaukee because they're not going to get the respect that they've gotten in the last couple of years. And I go Milwaukee, St. Louis. I think it'll be really, really close. Come down to the last week of the, the season. Uh, then Chicago. Um, and then I'm going to go Cincinnati. I'll go Pittsburgh last this year. Uh, again, I think Cincinnati, man, I don't know. They're both bad. So I, I don't know. Uh, but Cincinnati, I'll go them and then and then Pittsburgh. So basically, the same way they ended last year, only Brewers and Cardinals flipped. And Brewers, Cardinals, and Cubs, well, Brewers and Cubs being better than they were last year, Cardinals dropping slightly. Uh, but I think you see St. Louis and Milwaukee in the playoffs. Um, I think that's where it comes down to uh, as well. All right, so, Dad, next week we got the AL and NL West divisions is what we're previewing. And uh, we'll talk about the latest and greatest NFL news as well. Uh, we'll have conference tournament stuff to talk about. Uh, will we have a bracket next week? Will we talking NCAA March Madness next week? Yeah, we, 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 the bracket will come out this weekend, so yeah. sure enough. Unbelievable. That'll be great times, great times. Um, and uh, so anyways, yeah, that'll, that'll be good stuff going on there. Uh, I've got a new Sports Stove local hour dropping this weekend. Uh, for sure, we'll have EKU baseball player Charles Ludwig. Uh, we'll be on with me. We're still uh, trying to nail down the second guest. Um, so we'll see if we get that done uh, as well. But uh, that'll drop Friday is the plan for that. Um, then the new Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show airs live on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can always catch it on the podcast version later. And uh, and then don't forget about RighteousFelon.com. Get yourself some jerky. Uh, use the code BELLYUP and you'll get 15% off your purchase they're a righteous felon as well. Uh, Dad, our boy Kermit Davis, uh, out of a job, 
Um, I've offered him the assistant coaching job where I coach. He's yet to accept that. Um, but uh, uh, any any other thoughts before we close out the episode? Uh, no, I'd just like to encourage people that are playing fantasy baseball to uh, tune into your show on Sunday nights. It really is good. A lot of good information with you and Kevin and the guests you had on. This guest you had on this past week was really interesting. It was really good. So um, I, I'd, I'd encourage people if they're playing fantasy baseball, definitely tune into this. I think it'll give you an interesting perspective. Yeah, unless you're in my leagues, because uh, I give out a whole lot of information. <laughs> so, so maybe wait till after the draft to listen. Um, but, uh, you know, me and Kev talked about that a little bit last week. Um, but you're right. Yeah, it was a good guest. And uh, we continue to try to give you the best, best fantasy baseball information that's out there as well. So we'll be there Sunday night live. All right. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove for more opinions and thoughts as well. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.